In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And this series is in cooperation with Cinda Virtual, which brings you thought leaders and business stories from all over the world. Now, you can learn more about Cinda under www.cinda.org. But we just don't bring you thought leaders from all over the world. We also have listeners from all over the world. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And if you're new to the series, let me tell you what this series is about Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization, digital transition, and the connected world is having on our organizations and what the impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence, digital transitions, and data protection regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance and business values and ethics that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please listen to us live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific time. And if you miss us live, don't worry about it because we are on every major podcast platform from Apple to Google to Stitcher to Spotify. We're all over the net. Just look for Leadership Beyond Borders. And I invite you to connect with me at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Let me know what you want to hear about on this show. But if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we'll make sure that you take away something useful for either your business or yourself. So today we're going to talk about a subject that really I really like, and it's about career development and careers. Now, career development is the short-term actions that one takes to learn a skill, fine-tune a strength, develop a weakness, but career growth refers to the big picture, the overall progress of somebody's professional life. Defined by the roles and responsibilities one takes on throughout their career journey, the path may go in several directions, but it's very often a very rarely linear. While it's easy to manage your career development, growth is a little trickier because it can be affected by your environment, available opportunities, people, and circumstances, and understanding the challenges and opportunities can help make that journey a little bit smoother. In this episode, we're going to talk with a career advice guru with several books on the market about how to maneuver your way through this complicated new work world and come out on top. Our guest today is Vicki Oliver. And she is an award-winning author of books on career development. Her savvy career advice has been featured on over 109, uh, um, 901, excuse me, Vicki, okay, 901 media outlets, including the front page of the New York Times, um, Wall Street Journal, New York Post, Associated Press, LA Times, Chicago Tribune, Esquire Magazine, Essence Magazine, and many more. Um, the Investment Professional Magazine, and also Bloomberg TV. She loves the radio medium and has been interviewed on well over 601 local and national radio programs. She 
wrote five career books, and one of her most successful ones was 301 Smart Answers to Tough Interview Questions. And this is a national bestseller. So, Vicki, it's so great to have you on the show and taking time to be with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I am delighted to be here. <laughs> Well, I mean, you you have so much. You know, I've read all. I've kind of looked through. I haven't read all five books from front to back, but I've read at least two of them and looked through the others. And there's so much, so much insights in there. And so I just start with kind of a, a high level question. I mean, we all have career join, journeys, and what do you think are the biggest obstacles and challenges that we face when we start on our career journey? Good. I love this question. So first of all, I think in the beginning of one's career, one may not know exactly what the trajectory will look like. I think that I know that when I was first out of college, I thought I would have a completely different career than the one I have now. You know? <laughs> yeah. Actually, it's very interesting. Like the, the average person has approximately eight different careers. So this is great news if you don't love the one you are currently in, you know. But in terms of things that are real obstacles, I feel like, um, you know, a disruption can be a big obstacle. Now, mm -hmm. if you're female, one disruption could be that you decide to have children, you know, and that mm -hmm. could disrupt your career, right? Mm -hmm. All of us, everybody in the world has been disrupted recently by the pandemic, you know. Right. And I know that there are some careers probably, you know, that were helped by that. But a lot of people, I think it kind of derailed their career, you know, and I think yeah. I'm seeing that in the great resignation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that I guess that would be my next question. I mean, um, I like that with eight careers. I mean, that's that's quite amazing. But if I guess if you think about it, you know, you might start out one thing and do another thing. Um, but let's talk about, you know, the current work environment. OK, it's it's drastically changed. And you said the disruption from the pandemic is drastically changed. Um and what do you think today, okay, really in this new work environment, what is the biggest challenge that we're facing? So, I mean, we were all going to the office physically five days a week, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And experts say it takes six weeks to develop a new habit, right? So mm -hmm. two and a half years ago, the pandemic swept in and now suddenly you couldn't go to the office, right? And it's been two and a half years. And during those two and a half years, we've all developed different habits. We're not going to work five days a week anymore. And the rhythm of that has been lost, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we're working from home. And this is a new habit. Now, in some ways, it can be fabulous because many of us picked up new technology skills during the last two years. I know mm -hmm. I did. Um, and in some for some people, it can be terrible. You know, it can be isolating. Maybe they feel like their boss doesn't trust them, that they're sort of watching them through software. I mean, it depends on your ability, I think, to be flexible mm -hmm. and how much you like change. But it's changed, right? And either you can embrace it or you can hate it, but it's completely different now. Yeah. And, and you're right. Absolutely. And it, it doesn't matter where in the world you are. It it happened to everybody. And one of the things with this with these new habits, 
um, that I wonder about and maybe have some insights. One of the things that we've seen in this new work environment and over the last 200 years is um, the fact that women are not returning to the workplace after the pandemic. I think the U.S. statistics are about 1.8 million. Um, in Europe, it's a little bit lower. Um, but what do you attribute this to? Well, I mean, women have traditionally, at least here in the U.S., been paid like much less than men, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, in the U.S., I think that women earn something to the tune of 71 cents for the dollar that men do, okay? So first of all, they're paid less frequently mm -hmm. for doing the same job, you know? And the pandemic swept in, and I think it was a collective breath where people, women included, stepped back and said, you know, okay, how much do I actually love this job, right? Because we all were not under the microscope as much the way we used to be when we went to the office five days a week. And I feel like women in particular might have said, you know, I have other things going on here. I have childcare responsibilities. You know, I don't really understand the mission maybe of the place that I work or I don't support it. And I feel like, women quit and you know masses and masses of i mean lots of men quit too mm -hmm. it's called the great resignation you know four right. three million people quit their jobs in the u.s that's a gigantic number but mm -hmm. i think that specifically with women they just they have more responsibilities in general on the home front and maybe working from home, seeing after the kids, seeing after the dogs, you know, <laughs> all from home, suddenly they were like, you know what, it's just too much. It's too much. And so women really quit a lot of jobs. Mm -hmm. And and but you'd think um, and I think the numbers first to the pay issue, it's pretty much the same here in Europe. It, it might be a little bit better, to be honest with you, um, not, you know, like maybe 80 cents to the to or to the euro. But um, it's not a lot better. Trust me. Right. OK. Um, but, you know, I, I, you'd think sometimes that that maybe because of the flexibility that this new workforce brought that that would be more inviting to women to say, aha, okay, I'm not going to go back to the office, but I'm happy to work in a, uh, virtually and stay home. I mean, what are you seeing with the women you talk to? Right. So I do feel like a lot of times women do work from home. And also it's not always called the great resignation. Sometimes it's mm -hmm. called the great reshuffle. And I think in some ways that's a better, more accurate term because a lot of people are figuring out where they want to be, how much flexibility they want, how often do they want to go into a physical office. Um, and people are sort of, it's just a time, a great time of reevaluation. And people are really thinking about how much did I like my former job? You know, do I need it to survive? Uh, can I do something else that I prefer, you know, and maybe where my values align with their values. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That, that makes a lot of sense. But then staying with this great reshuffle or great resignation, I mean, one of the driving factors behind that has been, you know, the, the new values of Generation Z and um, I'd, I'd say the second wave millennials, you know, the 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 uh, younger ones. Um, and, and what kind of impact have they had on this this great quit and this great resignation with their values? OK, great. So first, let's define what those two generations are, because the Mm -hmm. generations have gotten shorter, I've noticed, over time. So Gen Z, like the oldest Gen Z is 23, and the youngest is 10, Mm -hmm. right? And millennials, like it falls into that sort of 24 to 41-year-old, right? So millennials, the oldest is 41. Um, But you're right. You know, these two generations have driven change. They grew up with a computer. Um, They are used to conducting their work uh, via the screen, you know. They don't really like meetings, like in-person meetings. They tend to feel are a waste of time. Um, They are, I would say, on the whole, I mean, this is broad sweeping generalizations here, obviously, whenever you're talking about millions of people, right? But Generally speaking, I would say they are more task-oriented, less process-oriented. So meetings are process. You know, meeting a client in person, that's process. Shaking someone's hand, building a relationship, all of that is regarded as process. These generations are very quick on the task front, like on Mm -hmm. doing stuff via computer and not so great at the process stuff. Whereas mm-hmm. the older generations are better at the process building relationships. So this is this is where the divide happens. And millennials, you know, and, and Gen Z, they are impatient. They want to uh, they want to be promoted quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want to be rewarded for what they do. And they don't really want to spend that much time building the relationships in person. So mm-hmm. it's a completely new world. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Well, we're gonna. I want to talk a little bit more about that. We're gonna take a short break, and when we come back, I wanna. I wanna talk about, um, you know, what the values are in comparison to, you know, the different generations. And you had a great book, uh, Bad Bosses, Crazy Coworkers, and Other Office Idiots. Um, some really good things in it. And you know, I'm wondering, you know, h- how that relates to what we're looking for today in the what we are looking and the different generations are looking for in the work environment. So for our, our listeners, our guest today is Vicki Oliver, and she's an award-winning author of books on career development. She has five books out, and one of them is 301 Smart Answers to Tough Interview Questions. We're going to talk about that a little bit, a little bit later. Bad Bosses, Crazy Coworkers, and other Office Idiots, we're going to talk about that after the break. And um, her savvy career advice has been featured in over 901 media outlets, including New York Times, Wall Street Journal, New York Post, and many others. She loves Radio Medium and has been interviewed on well over 601 local and national radio programs. And if you'd like to reach out to Vicki, please go to her website at www.vickioliver.com. There you can see all the books that she has written and get some great advice. She's also on Twitter. 
under Vicki Oliver and on Facebook under Vicki Oliver. So please reach out to Vicki. And this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. Cinda holds virtual trainings, conferences, does market research and legislative white papers focused on digital. And they also hold conferences and their next conference will be held October 16th to 18th in Florence, Italy. And they also have a e-learning platform for product managers and startups. It's in cooperation with Boss Capital in San Diego. So please go to Cinda to learn more about Cinda on www.cinda.org. And with that, we'll be right back. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we're talking about career journeys, um, career development. And our guest is Vicki Oliver, and she's an award-winning author of books on career development. And her career has been featured in over 901 media outlets, including Wall Street Journal, New York Times, New York Post, and many others. Um, she also has five books on the market, including 301 Smart Answers to Tough Interview Questions, which was a bestseller, Bad Bosses, Crazy Coworkers, and Other Office Idiots. And that's what we're going to talk about now. Okay. So, Vicki, I love the book. Um, I have to say I could relate to a lot of things in those books uh, and that book. But my question is, um, you know, we have these late Gen Z, the 24, 25-year-olds that are, I think you said it was only to 24. Um, sometimes I've read 25. But, you know, and then the younger millennials. Uh, and with these different values and expectations around jobs, um, you know, then they have different values and expectations around bosses. I mean, you said they're they're more, you know, they're not so process oriented, um, which to me kind of says less social, um, probably ease, better with screens. Um, so, what it, when what are they looking for, really, in a job? So, I think that they're looking for a couple of things, including balance, work life balance. Lots and lots of flexibility, fast promotability, and maybe, if lucky, a place where they really believe in the values of the company. Those mm-hmm. are the things. Now, 
in the older generations, some of those things were always on the collective wish list, you know, like everybody wanted, you know, a place where uh, you could go pick up your kids and not be yelled at by your boss for coming in late, for example, you know, everybody wanted flexibility and these things. But I feel like Gen Z and, and the millennials have pushed this into really like, you know, they're not going to go for a job that doesn't offer those things, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they have power, I think, because they have great technical skills, you know, and their skills around technology give them like this tremendous amount of power and they can kind of demand what they are looking for, you know. And yeah. also because they're so skilled and fast, they can do the work really quickly and then they want to leave and like, you know, go on with the rest of their life. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. leave more <laughs> like five o'clock versus 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I used to leave my ad agency jobs at 8 p.m. and consider it great, you know? <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so, so, you know, they're looking for this and, and so they're, they're probably less likely to put up with some of the behaviors that we put up with, um, uh, as we were in our, you know, first jobs or even recent jobs. And, um, you wrote the book on bad bosses, crazy coworkers and other office idiots. So, um, you have a lot of behaviors in there and I had to really start laughing because some of them I knew, but when you, when you're looking at the general boss behaviors, okay, what are probably the three, you know, I would, I don't want to say bad or worse boss behaviors or non-productive boss behaviors that, that you've kind of tagged in your book. Okay. So the book is organized by the different types of personalities that one can encounter at the workplace. And I give them fun names. And Mm -hmm. one of them is called big sister is watching you, right? Mm -hmm. The type of person that would look over her employees monitors, see what they're working on, kind of nose around their to-do lists stop in a lot and just catch them, catch them either working or not working. What are they doing? That personality, um, you know, the devil wears Prada, that personality (laughs) is a very bad personality to work for. Okay. Especially if you have an independent streak, it can be very off-putting to have your boss looking over your shoulder all the time. I have Mm -hmm. to say that even today with people working remotely, now there's tracking software. Some bosses, you know, are insisting on tracking software where can, they, can, they can track their employees' keystrokes. This to me is big sister is watching you still, you know? Wow, big this is really, this is like taking micromanaging to another level, okay? Yes, <laughs> yes. So that to me really honestly it, well, for me, that was my worst personality to work for because I'm very independent and, I, you know, I'm responsible and I don't need somebody like looking over my shoulder all the time. But another personality type that I encountered, I, I called the Wizard of Oz in the book. This is the personality. It's a boss who's never there. Right. Now, a lot of times there are fabulous reasons why the boss can't be there. There could be four offices that that guy or woman is managing, right? And so he or she's never around. And the problem with that kind of a boss is that you might need that person for approval. 
So there mm -hmm. you are and you're leaving phone messages and emails and you're texting the person and you just need the approval and you just can't reach the guy or woman. Mm -hmm. And that, that, that is unproductive because then no work can happen in that person's absence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that, that's true. And that, especially in the virtual world, I mean, it's, it's hard in the, in, in, in the office world, but in the virtual world too, you don't even have an idea where they may be. I mean, sometimes when they're in the office, you say, well, they're in this office or this office. But yeah, that is quite frustrating. And, and when you think about it, those are some of the behaviors that these, these millennials are not going to put up with. Well, I just think it's, it's very difficult. You have to, I mean, yeah. in the book, it suggests solutions for each personality mm -hmm. type. And I mean, the basic solution for that type is to sort of press forward as much as you can and start leaving negative option clause messages on the person's voicemail or texting them. We are doing this, you know, like let us know mm -hmm. if we're on the wrong track, you know? Right. Keep, keep, keep pushing it through because that's what you'd really have to do. Another yeah. uh, personality type that I think can be very difficult to deal with is the office bully. Mm. And I just call that person the bully in the book. And I feel uh, a lot of times bullies grew up, you know, bullying people in the playground, right? Mm. And then right. they bring that behavior type, like they're yelling, they're screaming, you know, they're shrieking their heads off at the people who work for them, uh, you know, sometimes throwing things. I've seen that mm. and experienced that. Um, and, you know, that can be very, very, very disruptive and very hurtful, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and anyway, the, but the book talks about how you handle that kind of personality. You know, the person who's driving you crazy. And <laughs> yeah. you look it up. You look up the personality type. You find out like, oh, here are five or six different ways you can handle that type of person. You try a few. Then you shut the book and you keep it for another day, another person that you encounter who's driving you crazy. All right. And you talk about colleagues, too. It's not just about bosses. OK, um, it, it, it's uh, frustrating behaviors from colleagues. I mean, could you give an example on, on that? Yes. So, for example, a colleague, I called the person the coddled superstar. All right. This is a person that perhaps used to be a superstar, but now isn't doing anything. You know, now that person, I'm just going to say it's a woman. She's no longer pulling her weight. You know, she's mm -hmm. getting all of the accolades, but she's no longer doing anything. And that can be frustrating to deal with that type of a person, too. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And, and, and I'd like to just flip the coin for a minute. OK, so, you know, we've got all these frustrating behaviors and and we have Generation X like myself or, um, you know, there's baby booters, Generation X and late generation millennials in in the workforce now. And um you know, they're trying to adjust to the behaviors of the Gen Z and the early millennials. And that can be very frustrating also. So kind of flipping the coin, um, how, you know, what do we have to do as co-workers or bosses to, to, to adjust to the, these new behaviors? Yeah, I mean, I think the main thing, if you're a boss and you're listening to this, I would say the main thing is to try to instill in everyone who works for you the feeling that we can all learn something from the other people who work there. You know, mm -hmm. that Gen Z and the millennials don't necessarily have all the answers. 
And the older generations who work there are not necessarily the people who have all the answers either. And that we all have great things to learn from each other. And in that spirit of working together, you know, that's where things can really shine, you know? Mm -hmm. And so there has to be respect. And maybe the old processes do have to be dusted off or changed, you know? People, mm -hmm. maybe something that worked 20 years ago no longer works, you know? And maybe maybe the older people do have to get better on their technical skills, but we can all learn from each other. And, you know, there's four generations of, of workers in the workplace right now, and let's take advantage of their special strengths and super. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's not just four generations, um, Vicki. You know, we're, we're, we're in a global economy now, and that would be my next question on, on um you know, how well we are doing um, in the corporate world uh, embracing this this global talent and integrating it into teams and into the workplace. Um, you know, I, do you think we're, we're on the way? We've just started. Um, and I'm not talking about the call center that's halfway across the world. I'm talking about you know, integration within teams, you know, um, in one office or in, in one team. How do you think that we're work doing on that? I actually think we're moving pretty far along with it because I you know here's one area where I feel like the pandemic helped actually <laughs> because mm -hmm. everything went remote you know, for three months or three and a half months, everything went remote, right? We couldn't even go physically to the office even if we wanted to. And I think that really helped open up the channels to access talent that isn't necessarily local, you know? Mm -hmm. And that I, I feel like bosses, uh, employers could reach out and get just like the best person, the most talented person at that particular thing to come on. So I actually think we're getting there. I, I feel very optimistic about this. Mm -hmm. We certainly uh, have the technology to do it. We have the technology. It's just whether or not we can sort of acclimate to different time zones and people living other places, etc. That's it's just an acclimation thing, and I think we're well on the way. Mm -hmm. It's not just. A, I think it's not just to time zones, but it's also to to work habits. Um, I mean, here in Europe, it's a little bit different, a little bit easier because we have the European Union and even within one member state, the difference between Northern Germany and Southern Germany or, you know, Switzerland and Austria is extremely different. Um, and then we have Italy. Um, in the U.S., I don't know. I mean, how, how are you seeing that as far as integrating, you know, being even, being able to understand the, the cultural habits and the different work habits i think like i said i feel pretty optimistic about this mm -hmm. um Good. i feel like um we we've been pushed you know toward it mm -hmm. uh, and i think to 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 a more global uh, workforce and i think that that's really a positive development so i'm yeah, yeah i think we're 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 getting there yeah, and, and I do think, I mean, it is, I did, you know, some good stuff comes out of bad stuff. And you're right, um, you know, in the pandemic, we really had to reach out to different kinds of talent. Um, but we're going to... One thing about it, um, you know, in the United States, there has been a huge drive towards diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and people are now hired routinely in companies to make sure that the DEI effort is going well. And so I think that also helps, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and actually, with that, that's exactly what I want to talk about um, when we come back from the break is, you know, hiring and interviewing and, and, the, and you know, how we're integrating the DEI effort into that. Um, but we're going to take a short break first, Vicki. And to our guests, our guest today is uh, Vicki Oliver, who's an award-winning author of books on career development. Her career advice has been featured in over 901 media outlets, including the front page of the New York Times, job market section, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Post. Uh, some of her books are 301 Smart Answers to Tough Interview Questions. We're going to talk a little bit about that after the break. 301 Smart Answers to Tough Business Etiquette Questions, Bad Bosses, Crazy Coworkers, and Other Office Idiots, Power Sales wor- Words, and all these are on Amazon, and they're also on her website. So if you'd like to reach out to her, please go to www.vickyoliver.com. And she's also on Twitter under Vicky Oliver and on Facebook under Vicki Oliver, and I'm sure she'd welcome you reaching out to her at any time. And this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda, and Cinda is one of Europe's fastest-growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. They hold virtual trainings, conferences, do market research, and legislative white papers focused on digital. They also have conferences, and their next conference is going to be held in Florence, Italy, October 16th to 18th. So if you'd like to join that, please go to www.cinda.org and look them up. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we're talking with Vicki Oliver, who's an award-winning author of books on career development. And she has five books on Amazon. And one of the best sellers there is 301 Smart Answers to Tough Interview Questions. And Vicki, I want to I want to go a little bit in that direction. Um, you you talked about DI, um, you know, diversity and inclusion, and you, you we're trying to make an effort. And and you're right. Before you said you're very positive about you see it. Um, I I'm quite positive about it. Also, um, in Europe, we also have a legislation that kind of moves the envelope a little bit. 
Um, some people call that cheating, but I think it's just, you know, pushing the envelope. But, you know, one of the things that I see, and you wrote a book on interview techniques, okay? And it's basically focused on if I'm getting interviewed, how I answer. Um, but what I'm seeing in among a lot of human resources and and um, career, you know, recruiters and things when we come, especially to diversity and inclusion. Uh, I don't know if everybody is completely prepared to ask right questions because, I mean, how have questions developed? The questions today that you're asked are not the same questions that were asked, you know, five or ten years ago. Let's talk about the questions that you're, you're asked when you go in. Well, um, I think the concern of DEI, I think it's, a, you know, an evolution that's happening. Mm -hmm. And I think that as more, uh, you know, as workforces become more diverse, right, as they become more inclusive, as, uh, you know, I mean, an HR person, you know, can be of any race, you know, and as as workforces become more inclusive, I think some of you know the hesitation that some HR departments have like will disappear. Do you know what I mean? I think it's just mm -hmm. one of these things where now there's a big you know important focus on making workforces more diverse and inclusive, and I think that's just a positive thing. Now you know any time you interview anywhere, there could be a a person who does not probe the right interview questions. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Sometimes you might be asked things that are like illegal to be asked. Like for example, an HR person really isn't supposed to say, are you married? For example, mm -hmm. right? they're not supposed to ask you your age. I mean, there are all kinds of things. They're not supposed to ask you if you, if you can believe this, if you've you know ever been in the military. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. there, are all, there are all these things that they're not supposed to ask. I mean, there are just people who are uh, skilled at interviewing and then there are people that aren't. Um, but, you know, my book, what it's trying to do is counsel if you happen to be in an interview and you're asked an awkward question, you know, what what do you do about it? How do you answer it without putting off the person who's asking mm -hmm. the question? Because my feeling is, you know, when when you have when you're interviewed, you already the fact that you got the interview is already showing the person across the table that you deserve the job. You already have the skills you need or you wouldn't even be in that interview. So mm -hmm. my book takes that approach that what you want to do is try to bond with the person. And even if they're asking you something completely illegal, you don't want to say, that, yo, that's an illegal question. You're not supposed to ask that. Like, <laughs> how you negotiate around it so that they like you, you know, enough to bring you into the next interview. Yeah, uh, bonding with the vapor. Uh, no, that's funny with, you know, um, some of these illegal things and, and they still happen. You know, I mean, I think most people are schooled not to do that. But I, I guess my question is more like, you know, how, how have these questions changed? And, and, you know, as an interviewee, you know, no, as an inter being interviewed, how, you know, what should, are the things that I should really watch out for? Okay, what are the things I really need to prepare myself the most for? And I'm not talking about the skill questions and those right. kind of things, right. the general. You know, to me, I feel like, and I think this is universally true today and yesterday, I feel like the big bad questions 
have to do with somebody's personal history, okay? Mm -hmm. Like if somebody was fired from a job, that is going to be raised in the interview. They're going to say, why were you fired? You know, <laughs> why did you yeah. this job? That type of thing. Things where you have, you know, big holes in your resume because let's say you left and you raised children for 20 years or whatever, um, you know, a big hole in the resume is going to draw attention and somebody's going to ask you about that. And those are the things that can be the most off-putting because somebody might not ask you in a kind way, you know, mm -hmm. they might just be like, well, why were you fired from that job? And maybe they know your old boss, you know, um, mm -hmm. you know, maybe they'll be like, oh, well, can I just call him up right now? What would he say about you? These types of things can be very, very off-putting. But the secret, you know, to great interviewing is a tremendous amount of practice. It's like mm -hmm. writing out the questions that you fear the most and practicing your answers to them until they sound completely natural and that you haven't pre, you know, you, you know, you shouldn't sound like, oh, you memorized everything, right? You don't want to sound canned, mm -hmm. but you do have to have a kind of a comfort around some of those terrible questions that you might be asked. And sometimes, and I talk about this in my book too, it's like somebody could just say, why should I hire you? And the way that they say it can really throw you off, even though that's a completely mm. normal question. If you, you know, if you're interviewing, they want to know why they should hire you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And the tone is also good. And you talked about building rapport. I mean, how, you know, your um, with the person interviewing you, how, how important is that? I think it's the critical thing. They mm -hmm. are going to interview on average between 10 and 15 people for the job that you are going for, okay? Somehow you have to stand out in a good way from the mm -hmm. other competitors. And I think that one way to do that is to try to establish a rapport with that person, right? And I've talked about icebreakers, things you can say to get the conversation off to a good start. Um, one thing is really feeling comfortable in your own skin, you know? and having great answers to those questions. But another thing is like expressing interest and concern, you know, for that person, where they're working, how have they, things changed in the last two years there, showing that you've both done your homework, but you're curious and, you know, interested in that person. I mean, it's just a general fact that if you like somebody, generally they like you back. Mm -hmm. So one thing yeah. is just determine like how much you really like that person who's interviewing you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that make that makes a lot of sense. And and you know, it, it is it really different because we're in a hybrid work environment. I mean, a lot of interviews are taking place virtually, a lot of in person. Um, is there any kind of great difference that you have to really be aware of if you're doing it virtually or in person? Is, is it the same? It's just about you know, it's harder to build a rapport virtually, isn't it? I think it's much harder to build a rapport virtually. Yeah. I also think that when it, when it's virtual, you should not put up papers next. Like it's tempting to kind of put up like the questions that you think you're going to be asked, the answers, you know, questions you're going to ask, and like tape them all up around your computer just out of the line of vision on the other side, right? And kind of like have your eyes be reading and stuff. That's a big mistake. Don't do that. It's exactly the same. You can't refer to your notes. And oh, by the way, I would also say don't take any notes. 
Like, mm -hmm. very tempting. Let's say the interviewer says something really interesting. You're worried you're going to forget it or you want to use it in the thank you note later. Don't write it down. Like, just look <laughs> at the interviewer. Have a regular conversation. Don't have your eyes darting everywhere. Look at the interviewer. You know, you, if you need a break, if your eyes need a break, look down. Okay, look mm -hmm. down for a second, but then meet your interviewer's eyes again. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like making sure you stay present in the interview, <laughs> which you I've seen people present. do. It. Oh, thank yeah. you for saying that too, because you know, turn off your if, if you still have one, turn off your landline, turn off your mobile device, right. turn off everything else, so that you're not distracted. Yeah, yeah, uh, that that makes a lot of sense. So I want to, you know, I mean, this is great advice, and I want to kind of jump back to, you know, using this advice. And we talked a little in the in the first section about the number of women who left the workplace, and um, how do you think we can we can kind of mobilize the women to get back to the workplace? Okay, um, you know, in this kind of hybrid working environment. Well, I feel like if companies hire what's called hiring blind, I think it's better for women. Um, sometimes companies are inadvertently pushing women away by the way that they might advertise an open job, you know, mm -hmm. like some words that they might use, like, oh, we're looking for aggressive. Like, that's really a turnoff for women. Mm -hmm. Most women don't want to be like, oh, I'm aggressive, you know. Um, we're looking for a rainmaker. It's the same type of thing. Like some of that language that is used is, is sort of code for we want a guy in here, you know, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. thing to sort of analyze that language. But the real thing is trying, I think, is trying to make a more empathetic culture. You know, mm -hmm. women want to see other women in power in the in the in the company you know what i mean they don't want to work for just men right <laughs> they want to see women in leadership positions and realize that the the culture is pro woman you know or mm -hmm. pro people you know pro people mm -hmm. not just pro male Right. That that makes a lot of sense. I think of women, we, we ourselves have to do a little bit, too, because, you know, um, I've, I've read a lot of statistics that, you know, uh, uh, if a guy has 50 percent of the skills advertised, he'll apply and a woman needs to have 85 percent or something like that. So, you know, a little more confidence on our side. But we're getting, um, Vicki, we're getting to the end to the end here. And it's been really great tips and everything. And so we have a lot of uh, most of our audience on this show is is of the pretty management or executive level. We have a wide audience across Europe and across U.S. and um, kind of just some some general advice, you know, if you had one thing to say to somebody about their career and, you know, really being happy in your career, making the best of it and doing the best you can, what would you say? I would say ask your friends uh, where they see you. And I would say <laughs> if you're not happy in your current career, I think it's easier in some ways to change now than it's ever been before. Mm. And I think this is the moment. This is the time to do it now when we're still recuperating from the pandemic. When a lot of people have quit their jobs, this is the minute to go in there and to, you know, pursue the thing that you want, that you feel will make you happy. And if you know, if you don't know what it is, ask your friends, where do you see me? Where do you see mm -hmm. me? 
And sometimes your friends give you the best advice, you know, it's mm-hmm. unfiltered. They know you better than anybody else. Ask them and then go yeah. for it. Yeah. So great advice, Vicki. Um, thank you so much. And for our listeners, our guest today has been Vicki Oliver, and she's an award-winning author of books on career development. She has five on Amazon, 301 Smart Answers to Tough Interview Questions, Bad Bosses, Crazy Coworkers, and Other Office Idiots, 301 Smart Answers to Tough Business Etiquette, Power Sale Worlds, and live like a millionaire without having to be one. So please go to Amazon and check out her books. She is savvy with career advice. Um, She's been in over 901 media outlets, including New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Chicago Tribune, Philadelphia Inquirer, Esquire Magazine. Uh, So look her up on her website, www.vickioliver.com. You can also see all the books she's written and get some great advice. And Vicky is on Twitter under Vicky Oliver and on Facebook under Vicky Oliver. So Vicky, again, thank you so much. It's been so great talking to you. Thank you for having me. This has been a wonderful conversation. I really, really appreciate being here. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, we could have this conversation. We could keep going on for another half hour if we could. So, yeah, really great. And again, I, I, I really urge our audience to get the books. Um, as I said, I've read a, two of them and kind of gone through. Uh, I didn't get through all of them, but they're just fantastic. Okay. And uh, this broadcast has also been brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. They hold virtual trainings, conferences, market research and legislative white papers focus on digital and they also have conferences their next conference is october 16th to 18th in florence italy and they also have a e-learning platform in cooperation with boss capital out of san diego and this is for startups product managers and smbs then it helps companies launch new products and succeed so please go to www.cinda.org and please don't forget to tune in to us every Tuesday at 3 p.m. specific time. And if you miss us live, don't worry about it because we are on every major podcast platform. Just put in Leadership Beyond Borders and you'll find us all over the web. And with that, thank you so much for listening today and tune in again next Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.